Welcome to Advent. As mentioned last Sunday, Advent is when we turn our attention to the return of Jesus. This can be a surprise to many people who see Advent as preparation for Christmas, which of course was the first Advent, the first appearance of Christ on earth. It is easy to understand why there is this blurring of the purpose of the season. After all, Christmas decorations are already up in most places, and the few locations not already decorated are in the process of decorating now. Christmas music is beginning to be heard on the radio, and greetings of Merry Christmas are exchanged between those who have not switched to the more generic Happy Holidays or Seasons greetings. And I will add, there is good reason to look forward to Christmas, to look forward to the commemoration of the day God made himself man so that all humanity can be restored to right relationship with God. That very purpose, restoring the right relationship with God, however, is why we should make a point of remembering and observing a good advent, a time of preparing for the return of Jesus and the bringing to the, its fullness the kingdom of God. Advent asks us, are we ready today to face God? I will suggest that few, blessed few, in the world today are fully ready to face God. And that is why, when all the world is straining forward to Christmas and its celebration of the infant Jesus, we take time to prepare to see, face to face, Christ the King. That is why the liturgical color, that of our altar linens investments for Advent, is violet. The color of repentance and penance. You will recall that last Sunday, Christ the King Sunday, Jesus told us the judgment that would occur when he returns. Now, in Advent, we have a season of preparation for that return. Our Gospel text read for today comes from the 13th chapter of the Gospel according to St. Mark, beginning in the 24th verse and continuing through to the 37th verse. In that text, we read of the return of Jesus. Before going further, though, I want to back up just a few verses and read them to help place what we have already read in context. Jesus said, For in those days there will be such tribulation as has not been from the beginning of the creation that God created until now, and never will be again. And then if anyone says to you, Look, here is the Christ, or look, there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform signs and wonders and lead astray, if possible, the elect. Then we reach the point where our gospel text for today begins, as Jesus continues, But in those days, after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give up its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in heaven will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory, and then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds from the ends of the earth 
to the ends of heaven. Jesus, in his description of his second advent, his returning to earth, is hinging his return on the event of the Great Tribulation. A, tri- a tribulation that is so severe that there has never been one worse before, and there will never be one worse afterwards. Bible scholar Craig Evans states that the tribulation will be so great that it will eclipse all others of biblical history, which is quite a claim when we remember the flood, the Babylonian captivity, and the war with Antiochus. There is much here regarding the tribulation that people debate when it comes to understanding just what it is, or what it was, or what it will be in the form of the Great Tribulation. Am I presenting it in the present, past, and future tense? I have revealed one of the many debates as to the Tribulation. We will not get bogged down with those various interpretations and their debates now. Instead, we will take one view and apply it to our text. That view is the concept or understanding of a present tense Great Tribulation. You see, the past tense says that it's already happened, that Roman desecration and destruction of the temple in August of the year 70, that marked the apex of the Great Tribulation. There is much going for this view, but it does not do much for the Christian today. The future tense tense view has given birth to all sorts of fiction novels and more than a good number of books that are supposed to be factual about a future date in which God pours out his wrath upon the face of the earth and gleefully destroys his creation. I'm not a fan of this view, finding it to lack biblical support, and it is a relative infant in the world of theological perspectives and simply has no legitimate claim for our attention. But the third view, the present tense, gives us something with which we can work today. This is the view that we each face the great tribulation of life. Now, as hinted at a moment ago, I think the past tense view, technically referred to as the preterist position, is historically accurate. But I know that whether it is the named great tribulation that Jesus is referring to or not, each of our lives are filled with trials and tribulations. Some are more severe than others from the outsider's point of view, but for each of us individually, whatever we have faced and are facing is worse than we have is the worst that we have ever personally experienced. Nothing will ever be worse to me personally than what I personally experience. Likewise, nothing will be worse to you personally than what you have experienced personally. And it is in that sense that we each face our own great tribulation like none has ever been before and like none will ever be after. It is in this sense we can see Jesus' instructions to us that we must pick up our crosses daily and follow him to be an acknowledgement that we will each individually and personally go through tribulation. It is in our own lives that we fail and sin and repent and try again. 
It is in our own lives that we face challenges, uncertainties, disappointments, setbacks, and strive and struggle to succeed anyway. It is in this striving and struggling that the false Christs and the false prophets try to appeal to us. They promise miracle cures and easy solutions to all of life's ills. Drink this, eat that, think positive thoughts, and you will have your best life now, promises the man with a smile. All to lead you astray from the gospel. The gospel that says after the tribulation you will see the Son of Man, you will see Jesus coming to you in great power and glory. Jesus will send forth his angels to gather you from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. No matter where you are, they will reach you and gather you to him, to Jesus. The failures, the sins, the challenges, the uncertainties, the disappointments, the setbacks, the struggles, and the strife, they will all be over. But as our gospel text for today concludes, concerning that day or that hour, no one knows when it will come. So be on guard and stay awake. In other words, be ready. And in this, our season of Advent, we get ready by confessing our sins and failures, receiving the grace of God's forgiveness, strengthening us to carry our crosses for another day. And until that day, when we are gathered to him, and lay our crosses down. Amen.